Hello Scrappers, Dro here with a quick disclaimer. Though we always strive to keep our content on Pot Against the Machine accessible to everyone, Call of Cthulhu is, by its very nature, a dark and sometimes disturbing game system. So, just a heads up that this particular McFib series may feature the following. Disturbing imagery. Physical and psychological injury. Discussions of psychological issues. Drugs and drug paraphernalia. Acts of violence. And other adult themes that, though we strive to keep them at a roughly PG-13 level, could nonetheless be uncomfortable for some listeners. So listener discretion is advised for this series. Dad, I, I had a bad dream. He looks up from his paper in surprise. Isn't 15 a little old for bad dreams, Lloyd? Yeah, but it felt so real. James looks at his son again, really looks at him, and realizes the boy is terrified. Lloyd, what happened? I went downstairs. In the dream, I mean, I haven't unlocked the door, I swear. But in the dream, it was just open, and I went down, and there was this door, and... James listens to the rest with his own sense of dawning horror. When his son finishes, he almost collapses into one of the ridiculously ostentatious dining room chairs, puts his head in his hands, and starts crying. James stands up, shakily, and walks to the cellar door. He knows it was a dream. It had to be a dream. But he has to be sure. He grabs the knob and turns. And the door, the one he knew that he locked, that he had the only key for, easily swings open. As the darkness retreats down the stairs, he sees something small scurry away with it and starts crying himself. Hello everyone and welcome back to Jimmy Fame Presents Bonus Against the Machine. More pod for your bod, sponsored by Charlie the Lizard Folks Chicken Emporium, more cluck for your buck. We are back with our intrepid team of some ridiculous alliterative name that Zach has come up with. <laughs> and uh Goblin Grabbers. <laughs> there we go. We are back with the Goblin Grabbers. The amazing thing is, everyone, he is not using a list or anything. He was staring directly at me while coming up with these <laughs> names. But yes, uh, we are in fact back with the Fright Finders, and the Fright Finders have found themselves some frights. So last time, everybody kind of weirdly passed out. They had some weird dreams. Three of them had dreams about themselves. The fourth one had some kind of weird, like, out-of-body experience. 
they all remember these, but they haven't really had too much of a chance to talk to each other about them because after waking up, they discovered that uh, their earlier interaction with Mr. Grady, the keeper of the Hemingford uh, Home Motor Hotel, caused him to call the police, and for some reason, the chief of police himself came out to investigate and he seems to have some had some prior interactions with Cyrus and does not seem to like him much but uh, luckily Cyrus is able to use his only passing role of the last oh, yeah. episode having recently re-listened to it even though no time has passed in order to convince him not to bring him downtown to give him a drug test and so luckily everybody <laughs> is still together uh, also last time Marlin also had uh, a little bit of an interesting thing. Upon seeing the uh, police, he went back into his room and decided to listen to an audio recording on his laptop before sharing it with the rest of the crew. And he heard an interview uh, with a voice-modulated gentleman who is only identified as N. With uh, That person has claimed, made some rather interesting claims about the uh, so-called Cobsham horror house in that he says that there have been literally hundreds possibly even thousands of disappearances associated with this house despite the fact that this town has barely a thousand people in it and uh, that's some pretty heavy information to hear and as we left our crew they had kind of all gathered back together after the chief left, and what is everyone doing? You are all kind of just gathered up in the lobby. I know you talked about once the van is back, going and checking out the house, but what are we doing until then? Did we finish flipping through all of Colm's cameras? Uh, so I know that we saw Holly, yeah. and like, did, what, was there anything else that we pieced from that? Uh, they just pretty much had, uh, like, b-roll from around the town on them like just random like almost stock photo-y stuff you think maybe there was a spot for like a missing video camera and there was a couple other things you think maybe because you all have kind of missing equipment you think that maybe you took something to the house and left it there like nothing that you found shows anything related to the house on any of his cameras what about in Obadiah's folder of things to scan? Was there anything in those newspaper articles? Uh, that does have quite a few things in it. And we are switching over to as much as I thought the cards were kind of interesting. It is annoying trying to like give them out and share them and read them. So instead, I actually created handouts. Because as much as they're not as much fun to play around with, they're much easier for everybody to read and look at and everything. So you see in here a large number of articles going from the newest to oldest, like based on how they kind of look. You can tell from how the newsprint looks in the scan. There is an article about a missing teen, an article about a Canadian film, an article about an unidentified body, an article about the death of Jack Terrence, an article about the death of Benjamin Cobsham, and an article about uh, the just about a small town celebrity, is what it says, is the oldest one. And the newest one is the, what's her name, Samantha? Newest one is the missing Madison. teen. 
something. What is it? Uh, it is... Monroe? Amanda Johnson. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Founding <laughs> person adjacent. Um, okay. Amanda Johnson. That was it. Um, I... Named after, uh, famously named after the 17th president of the United States, <laughs> Andrew Johnson. <laughs> Who also went by Amanda. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little known fact. That was his uh, favorite nickname. So... Yeah, Obadiah would have uh, shown the rest of the Frightfinders this folder was in my room. Apparently I was to scan them in for Holly. I've got... And he lists out the different articles that Jerome mentioned. And the oldest one he said was a small town celebrity. Yes, the oldest one is about a small town celebrity. That old Mr. Hopsham himself coming back from Europe was Weird Stone. Could be. Okay. You guys he like to look at that one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They wrote the entire right. article so in the I'm going voice. to. Uh, <laughs> you have no idea who it's about. Show this to the players. Uh, here we go. You guys should be able to all see that now. Yep. Oh, yeah. You're right, Zach. Hero point. And it's much easier to read than the cards are. Sure uh, is. Would you like one of us to, yeah, we to read it? Instead of reading it to ourselves. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I was assuming one of you guys might read it. Sorry. No, we're all going to sit in <laughs> silence and read it, and then we're going to publish that silence. Yeah, everybody's just going to read it in their own head, and then and if you join our Patreon, I can uh, put them in a folder and everybody can read them. <laughs> Small Town Gains New Celebrity by Richard Denborough. Hemingford, Nebraska. The small town of Hemingburn in Box Butte County is receiving rather interesting new resident, infamous architect Benjamin Copshin, known by such colorful titles as the Madman of Bridgester and the Eames' Worst Nightmare. An eccentric designer who founded the so-called Neo-Victorian School, Copsham began his work in and around his native Derry, Maine, before relocating to Bridgester, Severn Valley, after being stationed in the area during his time as a member of the Army Corps of Engineers during the war. Copsham made a name for himself over the next decade, designing custom manor houses for various British movers and shakers. While his creations have been nearly universally panned by architects, modern and traditional alike, his customer base inexplicably continued to grow in number and prestige. Late last year, Mr. Copshin put the finishing touches on a nearly 5,000-foot estate for the Earl of Talbot, declaring it his penultimate work. Talk abounded over what his final creation would be, but now we know that it's a home for himself right here in Nebraska. Citing his advancing age and an interest in the history of the native Arapaho Indians as his reasons for retiring and choosing Hemingford, respectively, Mr. Copshin said that he hopes to break ground on his Severn County estate by the end of the month. Never one to do things halfway, Copshin has gotten approval for the breakdown transport of an entire Roman-era building stone by stone from a ruin near Bridgester in order to, in his words, connect my new Severn with the old. Mr. Copshin will be sharing his new residence with his third wife, Soho fashion designer Bethany Morris Copsham, whom he married in the spring of 1950. That's the end of the Welcome. You've got just a career in radio ahead of you. That was an excellent job rendition of that article. I was uh, riveted. 
Is this the first time of us hearing about the, the, the First Nation Arapaho folk? Uh, no, there was a mention of it. Oh, and I think uh, one of the other investigators might remember it, so I will... Yeah. Imper- no, no, let's oh, do okay. it. In- I saw no, somebody shake character. their head. <laughs> okay. I, I have a head wound. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember <laughs> if I was the one moving my head. <laughs> oh, it's Jeff. No, it's. No, I saw Jeff shaking his head, so I thought maybe he remembered where you guys did hear, or did you just remember that you did? I just remembered that we did. Yes. Yeah, I'm trying to see. Okay, so uh, it's in one of the texts, which. I will say I did also create notes of all of those, and you guys have access to them already. Oh, from Holly. Uh, one of the texts does, in fact, mention from Holly the Arapaho Legends and that weird transplanted basement. Yeah, which we understand now to be that weird transplanted basement. What the heck is that? Sorry. Uh, that weird transplanted basement that is a Roman building? Now, would that be Roman uh, with two A's? No. <laughs> R-O-A-M-I-N-G or R-O-M-A-N. Do you see what I did there? I saw. I saw. This, is, this is quality, quality uh, investigative took, took questions. Took me a second. I do forget how to spell sometimes. <laughs> Well, we've all forgotten quite a bit, so that's more than understandable. Uh, but it did appear yeah. to be Rome as in the Empire, not Roman, like, to roam around in a verb. Well, I guess Kopsham wanted to roam where he wanted to. Like, it fell apart before it even started. <laughs> <laughs> no, he did indeed. Um, do any of us uh, modern minds of quite uh, formidable standing have any basis in an anthropological, perhaps, foundation? So freshman year core class you had to take? Something I like have that. some history, but not anthropology itself. I mean, I could, could I, I don't remember. It's been... You know, six and a half yeah, years. Yeah, you can make a history roll. Slash, yeah. no time has passed. I was interested about the Arapaho. Because I'm not only the Arapaho, but perhaps you even know anything about that that crazy little island across the pond where he um, got that Roman whatnot. Nope. Nope, nothing, uh, nothing springs to my mind with a 79 over 50. Can we do uh, those as separate rolls? Uh... Like one on the Arapaho and one on B place. Uh, yeah, you can roll on. You can do them as separate ones if you want, because it is two separate, very different areas of this. <laughs> um. Well. I'll oh wait, s- I have history. Yeah, I'll start with the Arapaho and roll a forty-nine under fifty-five history. Okay, you know, basically just that they are a Native American tribe that is native to this area of the United States. Uh, You know, there's not many left around that area. Several of them were moved during the various relocations of the tribes. Uh, Some of them have come back to the area, but you do know that they were there for a long time and have a lot of history. And you know that they were part of the group that the settlers called the civilized tribes, which are basically like what they 
called the ones that like they were able to like trade with. So you know that they've been in the area a long time and that they got along fairly well with Western settlers up until they got kicked off their land like everybody else. Wow, and uh, Peanutman got a 21 under 61, and which one was that on? That's for Burchester. Burchester? You know that it is an area in England. You know it's in... It's south of Hadrian's Wall, so it makes sense that there would possibly be Roman ruins in the area. Uh, it's one of those places that you know more about it in terms of, like, weird folklore stuff than actual history. It's one of those things uh, sort of like, like like Bermuda Triangle or like Innsmouth or Derry, as was also one mentioned, like a place where you hear a lot of things about like hauntings and weird goings-on. Now, I had a strange nanny when I was a baby that used to tell me stories about Boudicca and, and old England and, and she would she would mention this Burchester. Seems like a like a weird place. A little bit like that Arkham or Innsmouth. Just a, a place of happening. So not like we need uh, extra evidence, but it seems like the foundation of this Hobsham Hall house came from well, very weird stock indeed. This article though well that certainly could have amplified some of the strangeness. Benjamin Cobsham was not painted in a very complimentary light. It seems as though he was eccentric to say the least from the beginning. And not to say that people can't have their own quirks and still be an upstanding citizen, but definitely seems like an odd fellow took a, you know, house materials from a place with spooky happenings and built something awful on a on a on a on a cemetery or sacred grounds of the Arapaho people perhaps that sounds like a common enough premise for a, a horror story yeah it's like this guy never saw a single horror movie he's that's he, like all of them he, he <laughs> did all of them now you know come to think of it uh I do seem to have in my possession uh, a recording here uh, with one Anne, who is uh, indicated to me, or at least to us as a team, this house might be responsible for more disappearances than uh, we were originally privy to. Uh, quite a few more, in fact. Several hundreds to possibly thousands. So uh, if it's true that this here house came all the way from across the pond, uh, well, there might be something to this weird happenings place. I would say, not to venture too far outside the realm of propriety, that we are all in agreement that this Hobsham house is is likely the holder of the vital information to understand what happened to us in this moment. Well, maybe we uh, get through some of these articles here and head on back down to that house. Or maybe we avoid it like the Dickens, because it does seem to have messed us up something awful. Now, my friend, you may remember a little film that came out about six years ago called Dude, Where's My Car? Where two protagonists 
spent the entire time trying to determine what occurred in an inner stice of amnesia that they do not remember what happened, let alone the location of the aforementioned titular vehicle. Now, I'm not one to generally follow. Is that like Ashton Kutcher? Yeah. Yeah. And okay. the other one yeah. was the, the Stifler, the or not Sean Stifler, Williams one Scott. of the guys from America. Yeah, Sean William Scott. Yeah. <laughs> and then, that's my favorite part. <laughs> now, I'm not, I generally don't advocate uh, following Ashton Kutcher and all serious decisions of life and death, but I, I do think we need to find our proverbial car, my friend. Now, now, all I I think that we should discuss at this juncture, and I don't mean to be pushy, please, please put me in my place if I am, is that do we want to head straight to the Hobsham house? Do we want to swing by, say, the Bates School funeral home, learn a little bit about, you know, any, any bodies, disappearances? So, I, I don't generally recommend you know this in in situations of uh you know danger but perhaps we should split up maybe pop by the real estate place pop by the funeral home get a little information and then reconvene hatman's idea is rather enticing if we did encounter some unspeakable horror that rid us of our memories perhaps the best thing to do is to say I don't care about that car I would like to take my van once it is repaired and drive back to Texas and say Nebraska not for me but what about Holly <laughs> says a weird voice so, in your head <laughs> <laughs> this weird voice in my head and Obadiah is like I know my driver's license says Obadiah but I don't remember being Obadiah. I don't remember Holly. I'm Van Wilder now, and well, I could just go on some sort of road trip or Euro trip or any kind of trip on out of here. And Cyrus puts his hand on his uh, giant, muscly friend. Now, 24 years ago, the dulcet tones of our friend George Strait did invite us to get to Amarillo by morning. And I understand your desire to head up, well, not from Santa and home, but everything that you got is, uh, well, I'm not gonna read the lyrics because that's on a different monitor. But what I'm gonna <laughs> tell you right now <laughs> is that we need to see this through. Our friend Holly may be in dire straits. And furthermore, and he pulls out the Lucite cube. <laughs> that has some brown yes, residue from when he tried to wipe it up. <laughs> Apparently, I wake up every morning and look at this. This excellent award, this excellence award that, well, frankly, barely holds as a paperweight. It's weirdly slippery. <laughs> I need something. I've put it all in this, and I'm just saying, I think there's a story here. Nichols, them Canadians, they walked out way too early. Now we gotta double down, doggone it. Well, considering your demise from this head injury is surely imminent, I suppose I could humor my friend for his 
Last hurrah before you ride into that proverbial sunset. <laughs> Just like a concussion cowboy. Now, absolutely, yes. Now, <clears throat> this is just spits up a little bit of blood. Now, what what do you think of real estate or mortuary? And uh, let's 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 split into some teams here. Well, friend, it sounds like you should avoid the mortuary. I don't know too many concussions that have folks spitting up blood, uh, but that's just a suggestion on my part. Real estate it is. Who's coming with me? So it sounds like uh, Peterman so wants to head to the real estate the office. Three, the three of you go to the mortuary. <laughs> you're just going to slowly walk out of town the instant you're out of sight. Brady, let's go. <laughs> This needs a GM NPC for sure. Uh, yeah, just drag Grady with you. It'll give you a second car. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, there's definitely more to learn. I mean, like, why did he, why did he earn the title Madman? That's like uh, a pretty intense nomenclature, especially yeah. from people who like to mush their piece. <laughs> so, I mean, he's done something. All right. We could really split up. We want to do foursies. And I will say, uh, it has nothing to do with uh, your other role, but I will say, because you were thinking of it in context with it, and when you rolled so well that hard success on your uh, thing, uh, the one title that you meant that you noticed that they gave him, which was the Ames Worst Nightmare, you know that the Ames brothers were a pair of very famous, like early. Not exactly modernist, like not like Frank Lloyd Wright style, but like kind of almost that architects that were like in the pre-World War II time. They were like the preeminent uh, home builders. They were the standard that everyone was set to. I'm not one particularly skilled in persuasion or talking quickly. However, I might wander to that public library once it's open and... See if there's something I can't learn there. Feel a bit more in my element, as it were. And I will uh, remind you, you did have a small stack of library books in your room. I'm suddenly reminded. (laughs) (laughs) By that same voice that was worried about Holly, oddly enough. Yeah. Well, and I will say, you be reminded, because, like, in game time, you were just in your room a moment ago, and also Grady mentioned which for us was like months ago but in game time was like just a few minutes ago that obadiah had been going to the library almost every day while everybody else was doing their interviews well all right then uh maybe uh maybe one of us hangs out here checks out the rest of these here articles see if anything sees if there's anything interesting in there and there weren't any other locations that were mentioned previously by Grady that were not discussing visiting because we talked about the funeral home, we talked about the real estate agent, mm-hmm. we talked about the library. Yeah. Uh, the other ones that he mentioned that he pointed out to you from the like the interview list were not like locations that were on the map. It was the farmhouse that's the closest to the horror house. Uh, friends of the most recent victim, which he didn't recognize the names of, but he said that's clearly who it seemed to be referring to. And I believe the mayor was on there. 
Yeah, looking at the interview list, it yeah. doesn't look like we ever talked to the Plainsboro family. Are they worth tracking down? That is the family that is the closest house to there. Oh, so nice. the ones that you met were like closer to town, the next house. These ones are past it, but they're closer to it than the uh, Masons were. Well, we still need to wait for said to be done, which is like yeah, what, we can hours. Swing by hour. after the car is done. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. So, should we include the mayor in this? Um, do we want to do... I mean, I will also... I'll go to one of the ones that requires fast talk and persuade, which sounds like the mayor or the real estate office. I, I have a 45 library use, but I don't think that's really where I want to go, RP-wise. I have a 60 library use, so I'd be content to look at the books in my room, look at the articles. Do you want to do one of those instead of going to the library? Or are you going to take the articles to the library, take the books to the library? Well, it sort of sounds like we already did the library part of it, and it's just a matter of going through what we have. Yeah, a little bit of a peek behind the curtain. You think maybe anything important from the library Obadiah might have already had. That's probably where he went to find all these old newspaper articles in the books that he has. Yeah, just Jeff the player didn't remember that there yeah. were books in Obadiah's room until the voice in his head reminded him. <laughs> Unless someone is particularly inclined, I will go and talk to the mayor. Do one of you, and this is uh, excluding my good friend Obadiah, want to do either the the mortuary or the real estate office. Let's see. You know, I've always felt a certain kinship for, for real estate myself. That's the end of that sentence. <laughs> I'm going to stop talking. Calm. Don't let them put you in a bag. Um, That's true. We can arm wrestle for it. <laughs> I don't think that that would be advisable, but um, sure, I can... I can go to the morgue. That's that's fine. That's not at all terrifying. Come here, come here a second. And Keenan <laughs> pulls out a little bit of rouge, puts it on Combs cheeks. We just gotta make sure that they don't they don't think you you know inventory. And again, it's a mortuary, not a morgue. <laughs> it's very Still. different. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it sounds like we've all got our marching orders. Or morgching orders. Yeah. As you are deciding who is going to do what, uh, you actually see, pulling into the lot, uh, Sid in his tow truck, still with the van on the back, and you see him slowly lowering it down, and he is... Did you guys go into a room to do this? I know you said you talked about going into a room, but I don't remember if you ever said you actually went into one. Thought we went into someone's room. I thought we were in Colm's because of all the cameras we were flipping through. Yeah, that's right. You did go into Colm's room. Okay, so you can see this out the window, but he's not going to see you. So instead, you will get a. You hear the phone, uh, Cyrus, the only working phone, <laughs> starts ringing. Hello? Yeah, uh, Mr. Montgomery? Yes, and who is who do I have the pleasure of yakking with today? It it's it. You don't remember me from earlier. I'm like 
80% sure this was the voice I did. It was a gruff old man with a little bit of a southern yeah, accent. Yeah, no, it's, 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 <laughs> I, can, I can hear your lack of shirt under your overalls over the phone. You're doing a fantastic job. Painting a real odiferous picture for me. Now, what can I do for you, my friend? Just wanted to let you know that the uh, van is here. Uh, I will be expecting uh, payment for this, but I did talk to uh, Sergeant Wynn at the, well, at the garage while I was working on it, and he said that uh, you're good for it, so just before you leave town, make sure you stop by. How much do we owe you, my friend? Fifteen hundred. Well, I mean, why, yes, there's nothing more profitable than um, hot hunting. So we got you. Um, just drop the van out there. We're going to go make them ghost bucks and pay you back shortly, my good friend. All right. Well, see to it you do. And then he hangs up without even a goodbye. And I feel like, Cyrus, even if you don't have, like, anything in automotive, you know that that is a ridiculously inflated <laughs> now our good friend just cited us $1,500 to pay for the repairs of our now recent now don't worry about it I, I didn't lay it on him thick because I'm trying to save it up for the um, elected official of this town but we'll, we'll smooth it over before leaving and I mean just the guarantees alone my friends Speaking of which, uh, I just made us an account on this recently created Twitter. <laughs> See this? This is a recent tweet from Jack. There's no E in Twitter right now. It's weird. <laughs> anyway, but it just says, I'm bringing Van back, which is a reference to Sexy Back, which is a very popular song this year, 2006. So... I think it's a very timely um, tweet on a prescient platform that will, I mean, never fall into disrepair or become an alt-right hellscape, whatever that means. I mean, with a name <laughs> like Twitter and a cute little bird, it, it'll live forever. How could Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> no one could X out this bright future. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so sad. I, I cannot reason. even consider it. You must stop it. <laughs> even God himself couldn't take this site down and ruin it. <laughs> now, if now, I may, if we have this van back, we have the unique opportunity to both not pay for the van repair and not ever go to the place that kills everyone. Just, Just leaving that out there. If you want if you want to pick it up and put it in your pocket it's there i'm pretty confident i can keep the van running if we keep it out of culverts and rather skilled and mechanical repair now calm i want you to pick up that digital camera that you have not yet sold for amphetamines <laughs> flip to the picture of offering holly now i may not remember her but she was clearly important to all of us. We cannot leave her in this horrific town where everybody is, I mean, if I must say, bless all of their hearts, and you know exactly what I mean. Ooh, that one hits hard. The worst now, thing someone from Georgia can say to you. 
Now, we could travel all together by van to all four of these locations, or we could have a series of cheeky vignettes. And, and candidly, I'm, I'm happy with whatever people would like. It does seem like our aforementioned idea of real estate, mortuary, mayor, and uh, research seems solid, but if we want a gang, we can. And I will, uh, while you guys decide this, I will say in Call of Cthulhu, unlike other systems like D&D or Pathfinder, splitting the party is perfectly acceptable thing to do, and it's expected for some things. And as Cyrus said, you guys do have quite a few leads, so if you want to just drive around town dropping people off, that is totally an acceptable thing in this kind of system. Well, I think Cole will volunteer to drive because nothing traumatic has ever happened <laughs> with him behind the wheel. Um, but I, I think we probably stick with our four ways at once plan, which is use the van to make it faster. Well, all right. But Cole won't really drive. Well, Obadiah would be staying here to do his studying, so... You don't want to, like, drop us off. He would begrudgingly give you back a key. Because if I remember right, I took it away from you. <laughs> yeah, you did. I believe so. Well deserved. Um, no, clearly the smartest way to do it is to or I just to drop everybody off while reading the articles as he's driving. <laughs> yeah, like a maligned, like, bus driver. I see that vibe. <laughs> you just... Oh, all right. Let's get to it one way or another. All right, it's time for a montage. 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 <laughs> and fade out to a uh, copyright-friendly, almost sounds like one way or another. Tentacle wipe. <laughs> okay, so where are we stopping first? Uh, I will leave it up to the cast of four. So are we... Which... Let's build an excitement. So I will say... Uh, if you look at the map, and I said uh, last time the Motor Hotel is not on the map, but it's down Route 2, kind of off the right side of the map. So it looks like what you would run into first uh, going down, you would hit the funeral home and then the real estate office would be a little further past that. And in the downtown on the main street by where the police station and the fire department are, like, near there. Okay, so, like, kind of near the, like, Route 2 icon yes. on Neomara Ave. Okay, cool. Yeah. Shall we go in that order? Right, we can start so. closest with the article research and then roll out from there. Yeah, so Sounds that funeral fun. home real estate mayor. Books, mm -hmm. funeral home real estate mayor. Uh, so are you going to check those, on those books or are you going to look at another one of the articles? What are the book titles, if you don't mind? One of them, you notice uh, there's a couple of histories of the town that are just kind of generically named. And you see one that is Myths and Legends of the American Southwest. And you see that it is the only one of the books that has a bookmark stuck in it. We'll throw that one in the trash. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, Toss it into a fireplace. Well, uh, 
that left a bookmark here on this one. And, uh, yeah, let's flip open Myths and Legends of the American Southwest to where the bookmark is. All right. So it takes you to this page. Mm. <laughs> Good luck on the pronunciation. Myths and Legends of the American Southwest. According to Arapaho legend, these so-called Gilmuji, Ayaa, Ishkoa, Anda, and Mi'igan, or secret doors, could only be opened with a blood sacrifice. Despite existing in dozens of locations across hundreds, perhaps thousands of miles, all of these Ishkoanda Mi'igan supposedly led to the same location. Blemiskodis Isi Ogokuen Anasate, a literal translation of the Proto-Algonquin phrase, of course, uh, would be Spiral Trap House, but it would more properly be translated to the Labyrinth with the word Ogokuen added to refer to trap in the sense of bait, so as to lure in an animal. The legends claim that this labyrinth can be accessed from all over the world through these secret doors, and that wicked, disgraced shamans would lure others there in order to sacrifice them to Wa'abishkinaagwad, Asa Bikishi, an earth spirit that ruled over the labyrinth. In exchange for these sacrifices, Wa'abishkinaagwad, Asa Bikishi, would grant the shamans unholy powers. But being an evil spirit, its gifts were a double-edged sword. Though the shaman would gain great power, he would lose his own spirit, becoming instead an ex extension of Wa'a Bishkina Agwal Asa Bikeshi, allowing it to live through them and walk under the sky that the gods had forbidden it from ever seeing. Shamans of Wa'a Bishkina Agwal Asa Bikeshi were said to be harmed by the sun, or possibly even just the open sky itself. And if they were to be killed, no easy task with their power, they would lose their human form and either burn up, much like Eastern European vampires, or turn into pieces of Wa'abishkana Agwadasabakeshi, which would attempt to return to the labyrinth and rejoin their home. I would like to apologize to any and all Arapaho <laughs> listeners for the terrible pronunciations there. Well then. So are we all here like going them one at a time or is this a montage of just me in my own room by myself? <laughs> I think you're going through that while everybody else is driving to their locations. Like any grown man with amnesia, I'm kind of reading out loud to remind myself what the words sound like. And Obadiah would ponder and think, is this Cobsham House? One of these spiral traps things? Or is this... Are these people disappearing into the labyrinth? Whoa. Except more like, whoa. <laughs> Tentacle wipe. All right. So that will take us then to the uh, Bates Funeral Home in Jewelry. Uh, and who did we say was stopping off at Bates? I believe that would be Mr. Driscoll. Yeah. All right. So uh, who takes over driving? That's the important part. <laughs> I will give it to Marth. the concussed person. <laughs> I think it's got to be Martha. <laughs> <laughs> I 
That's the responsible thing to do. Absolutely. Keep them, give them the, the biggest amount of responsibility to keep them active. So yeah. Thickman gets behind the wheel, uh, tunes the radio. Daniel Pewter's Bad Day starts playing. <laughs> and he starts thinking about Dream where he got bit and by a spider. And he, uh, he waves the comb before crashing into a guy on a Segway. And Colm no longer feels alone. I've not been the only one to crash the van. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Colm, you are let out in front of this building. It's a nicer building. It's kind of plain, but it's also kind of... I wouldn't exactly call it upscale, but it's pleasant to look at. Like, you can tell that it's meant to evoke kind of like a churchy type look a uh, little bit more older style than some of the other buildings around uh less midwestern style than the rest and i think um colm is gonna sort of stare up at the building and then go up to the front door and check if it's open mm. if, if it is i guess walk right in that's what you do with businesses right yeah yeah and you walk in and you're in a reception room uh you see a few doors off on your left that have plaques on them viewing room one viewing room two viewing room three they're all closed right now two you see has a wreath leaned up against it with like some kind of wilting flowers you think maybe there was a uh like a i don't want to call it a, bu a bouquet uh, but like a funerary wreath that had been there that they're waiting to get rid of on the other side, there is a single door marked staff, and towards the back of the room there is a reception desk. Uh, there is a photo behind it of kind of like a stately looking house, and there is a young woman at the desk. And she greets you as you come in, she says, oh, hello. Colm will sort of walk over to the desk rather awkwardly and, and say uh, uh, yes hello I am um, I'm a journalist let's call it uh, my name is Colm Driscoll with the um, zombie zoologists uh, we are investigating um, a series of strange things strange happenings happenings in the town and I was just wondering who I could talk to here who might be knowledgeable on strange deaths in the town well <laughs> i mean i'm not sure if you understand exactly what our business is uh mr driscoll but we take care of the bodies for loved ones after they die they they go to the county morgue if there's anything strange they are the ones that would hear about it then they come to us, we prepare them for burial, we hold wakes and viewings, and then we work with the family to get them a plot, or to have them cremated, or whatever their final wishes were. Um, yeah, so if, like, do any of the bodies that come from the morgue to be here have strangeness to them? and take extra preparation somehow. Uh, make me... <laughs> make me a fast talk. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Are you sure? 
I am positive. This is not a persuade roll. That is a 36 over 5. <laughs> uh, that is... There's uh, a reason Comb talks so good. Yeah. She just kind of looks at this, like, tall, lanky guy with this long hair. He's very disheveled looking because he just slept several hours in his clothes on the floor and was in a car crash before that, asking about, were there any strange bodies brought to the funeral home? <laughs> and... She... His cheeks have been lightly rouged. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Cyrus put some stage makeup on them. Uh, and she just says, uh, I I'm sorry, sir, but I'm going to have to ask you to leave this establishment. Uh, nothing against you personally, but we really don't have answers to those kind of questions. I mean, maybe Mr. Bates does, but if he does, I'm almost positive we cannot share those with someone who isn't like a police official or something like that and you, again no offense sir but you are making me very uncomfortable yeah I, I that's fair that's very fair um I've heard that about uh, me and I only have a very um, short history of reference, so it's, I'm sure it's rather striking. Um, and I think with... Got any meth? Before I go. <laughs> One last thing, like Columbo. Did any of these bodies have methamphetamines? <laughs> um, well, hearing that Mr. Bates might possibly know more, or might be able to answer questions where he to be persuaded to do so is it obvious where Mr. Bates's office might be you think it would probably be behind the door on the right that's labeled staff make a run for it so I think what Comb is gonna do is slowly turn around and go like well uh, thank you for all of your assistance it was very much appreciated and um, start walking out and then just real quick run in the staff door. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Hang on a second as I look at the, uh... Let me... What do I want to make you... Does she have a stat block? No, she does not have a stat block, but I'm trying to think if I want to make him, like, roll something to try to run at this door and open it. Because, uh, see, there is, like... Something like Dexcom, but there's also jump. There's climb. It wouldn't be climb. Uh, you know what? Make me a uh, dexterity roll. So it's just your dex times, I think. That's a good looking roll. I um, mean. Yeah, so 90. my dex roll is 96 over 45. You have a 98 in door <laughs> use. So, Colm, you make a run for this door. You go for the knob, and it is locked. But you were so intent on getting it open that you, like, slam down on it, and you, like, you weren't expecting it, and you, like, almost bounce off this, and you land on the ground. <laughs> you are now just laying on the floor of this funeral. And you see the woman behind the counter is frantically <laughs> dialing something on her desk phone. <laughs> I think uh, Comb is going to clap his hands and um, sit up and say, uh, right, uh, that's that's the wrong way. And um, 
thank thank you again. <laughs> and and try to just leave. yeah. As you're leaving, you hear yeah, and Gould. He, I, I think he's trying to break in. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a druggie. <laughs> and you hear that as you step you back the outside. The Jackass movie came out in 2001, <laughs> so you could just yeah. <laughs> yeah, pop back up. I'm Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's a prank. Uh, okay. You've just been punked. And you walk outside. Action Kutcher strikes again. Uh, out onto the Run sidewalk, out. and the van is gone because it was driving the next person to their <laughs> drop-off location. <laughs> yeah, so um, Combs, uh, I think his elbow probably hurts. Uh, maybe his uh, and I will um, say, backside uh, hurts a little bit. You did see from the map that Casa Grande is only like a couple blocks down and around a corner. So you think you can maybe walk to there without too much trouble? Yeah, yeah he's gonna jog on down there and try to get to the van. You guys really want the cops on you. <laughs> I didn't do anything wrong, I just turned the wrong way. Alright. Sometimes you get confused. So it fades back into us in the van where Peanutman is driving. Yeah. And again, Daniel Powder is playing. <laughs> and while Stickman is running, you hear Peanutman singing in the background. <laughs> you can actually like, see him in the, the rear view mirror, but none of you are, are looking taking at one. It. <laughs> <laughs> you sing a sad song and you, well, turn it around. Scream! And we just pull over because we see <laughs> Stickman. Because uh, that probably only took about 30 <laughs> seconds to alienate that poor woman. Uh, you know, he failed that role. He is walking to the next location. He's got to hope he gets there before a cop car pulls up to the... Uh... So we speed <laughs> up. Alright, <laughs> so you guys around the corner and you come up to the Casa Grande real estate. Which I actually have a uh, little link to that. There we are. So it is a uh, small orange building with a little bit of a steeped roof. It's one of those ones where it's like turned 45 degrees and the door is on the corner instead of on any of the four sides, if you've ever seen them. We have a lot of those down here and that's what I tried to put into the thing that made this because I that's what I think of when I think of a lot of these like little freestanding businesses are the ones that have that. Yeah, fair. <clears throat> well, uh, I guess this is me then. Uh, here I go. Um, I'm going to hop out of the car and walk up to the office building. Real estate building. Little orange guy. All right. You hop out of the car and you head up there and you see there is a sign on the door that is turned to closed. But the glore is glass, and you can see inside it there is what appears to be somebody moving around in the building. I'm going to go ahead and just tap on that glass real gently. Okay. Tap on the glass, and you see the person drop something, and they kind of, like, pop up like they've been startled. And they quickly pick it up, and they turn and look around, and they see you, and... Make me a, uh, do you have, where is, uh, do you have, uh, psychology or psychoanalysis? Psychoanalysis, either of those? I do have, I have psychology. Okay, make me a psychology roll. It's gonna roll that on a d20, but that's wrong. 
That is 44 under 70. Okay. 44 under 70. You're not 100% sure, but you think it almost looks like this person recognizes you for a moment before they kind of compose themselves. And they come up to the door and they unlock it and they open it. And you see it is a, a young redheaded woman. She's wearing a blazer with a Casa Grande Realty little uh, pin on it. And the pin has a name on it that says Rebecca. And she opens the door and says, oh, yes, sir. Can I help you? Yes. Hello. Hi. It is myself, uh, Marlon. You can call me Marlon because that's my name. Uh, I will call you Rebecca because that's what's on your pin there. Uh, unless you prefer Becky or Becca, <laughs> Rebby. I don't know. Uh, no. Rebecca's fine. Uh, is there something I can help you with, Marlon? Yes, yes, of course. Uh, I came here to talk to you about real estate. For example, what got you into real estate and what hours are your building open? Uh, well, uh, I'm actually a uh, lawyer first and a real estate agent second. Uh, I got into... I'm sorry, why am I telling you this? Who are you? I'm very persuasive. Uh, my name's Marlon. I'm here in the neighborhood checking out real real estate, or specifically the Cobsham house. I, I understand that y'all are trying to, well, y'all are managing it while it's in flux of some sort. How How is that going, by the way? Just management. You're, are you with Miss Landon and Mr. Montgomery? Yep. Sure am. Uh, I I believe I told them yesterday that we canceled. We are not doing the interview. Oh, did you? Is this some kind of trick? They sent somebody else instead? No, ma'am. Not a trick. I would never. Uh, and he takes his hat off and puts it across his chest. Like, I don't know, like dudes <laughs> with hats do. Firefighters on it. <laughs> he hides that with his hand. Uh, I would never deign to trick you. Uh, I do understand that you've canceled the interview. However, I've come to see if you want to talk to me, a separate entity, about about whatever <laughs> is on your mind. I know that being a lawyer uh, slash real estate agent yeah. can be stressful, and I've come to alleviate you of some of that stress with my words. Make me... Uh, I feel like this is going to be a fast talking because you're like, you're not trying to persuade, you're lying to this person. Uh, Ooh, that's a bummer. Fast talking <laughs> so slowly, though. Fast talk, <laughs> alright. Yeah. Oof. That should have come to Yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, why are we splitting up? I don't have the skills for this. <laughs> because it makes for better why radio. Why is anyone speaking? <laughs> It allows us to alienate multiple people at uh, once. Okay, that is a... Just remember, Zach, this is all your fault. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 16 yes. over 5. Oof. So close. So close. Oh, How yeah, much I luck you do you have? Yeah, yeah that's lot, quite a I bit mean... of luck to spend. 11. Yeah. I have 45 lux? And you don't know if a uh, regular success will be enough, I will say. That's true. 
But I mean, getting a hard success under five is super yeah. That's gonna say that just needs to be a three it? under five. I mean, I guess like <laughs> spend it all. I, I, I'm not trying to like encourage no, you to no, burn these burn resources because we literally could be playing this game for like 80 more <laughs> sessions. But we do have a lot of luck. That's yeah. Let's burn them. How? Remind me how that works. I would like to burn all the luck. Uh, basically, you subtract from your current luck and then you add that to the roll. So however many you need. So you'd have to get down to a three to be a hard success. So the difference between 16 and 3, so you'd have to spend 13 points of it. As long as you have that much, you can change the number to 13 less whatever your current number is. Uh, perfect. I'm going to do that. Okay. And somehow <laughs> that uh, works. I will say, uh, uh, in case anybody forgot, there is the mechanic of pushing a roll. But when you only have 5%, pushing is basically useless. Like... <laughs> Especially because if you fail a pushed roll, it's worse than the original failure. Uh, but yeah, you spend that luck, and she just kind of stares at you, and she goes, Well, okay, come in. And she hushes you in and closes the door behind you and locks it. And she says, I'm not even supposed to be in today. That's why we're close to the public, but I, I canceled the interview with Montgomery yesterday, and again, I'm sorry about that, but I'm not going to mince words here. You came to me under false pretenses. Fright finders? Really? Why wasn't that mentioned at the beginning? Well, we like to keep ourselves, uh, uh, we don't want to influence y'all to, to come up with your scariest stories, you know? We do have that kind of presence around. People try to try to trick us all the time, tell us extra spooky things, but of course, uh, in our line of business, we prefer to stick to truth and real-tea. No. Reality. <laughs> y'all prefer to stick to real-tea. That's your, you see what I'm going, we're friendly. <laughs> so anyway, I didn't tell you originally because of how I did not want to mess you up but now i'm coming to tell you about how that is true and i'm sorry assuming you did want to interview mr marlin what what do you want to know sure sure uh well how did you all come to be in possession sort of of the cobsham house at first anyway well after benjamin cobsham uh vanished he was eventually declared deceased uh, by the state on recommendation of his uh, widow Bethany, and it was thought that the house was going to go into her possession. However, he did not actually specify it in his will. In fact, he did not have a will, which is odd for someone of his advanced age, especially since, well... I don't know if you've talked to any of the locals around here like I did when I first took over this job. Uh, Cobsham apparently built this place to be his retirement home, so clearly he had his uh, mortality on his mind, but never wrote himself a will, and the property laws in the great state of Nebraska are labyrinthine to say the least. The house is possibly owned by Mrs. Cobsham, and she is very much under the impression that it is, but legally, it's not, and she has been fighting it in court for longer than I have been alive. 
originally the house was put into a trust and the trust hired Jack Terrence. We all saw how that worked out. So now it is managed by our company and because I had the unfortunate luck of having a degree in real estate law, I was put in charge of it and had to move out here. Well, I am sorry. That does sound like a real pickle of a situation. Now, how long have you been working on this here case? Would it be called a case? House case. I study house law myself. That's a lie. Please don't make me roll for that. <laughs> uh, she'll say, well, if you mean Casa Grande, we were put in charge of it 23 years ago, but... I only came here four years ago. I see. And how has your time uh, working with Casa Grande and specifically the Cobsham House been? <sighs> it's not been great, as you obviously already know, since you came here to film whatever this ridiculous ghost show is. Sure, Everybody thinks the place is haunted. And it has been a mess keeping kids out. There is apparently some kind of tradition where they have to break in and steal things. That's only made things worse. Do you realize everything in that house has to be inventoried? As far as the law is concerned, it is all part of Mr. Cobsham's estate. Every time something goes missing there, the amount of time it takes to get this mess figured out increases. And every time someone breaks in, we have to figure out a new way to lock the place up better. Mm. Well, I can guarantee you we would never break into that place. That is beyond us. Now, about this inventory, is that a, a ledger you keep? Is that a, uh, you have a PDA full of just stuff? What kind of what kind of inventory are you keeping? And who is in charge? Is that you? Do you go there and you hand count each item? Or do you have people to do that? Because I can help if you want. She just looks at you kind of angrily and she says, As a matter of fact, it is me. There is a spreadsheet that is over 3,000 items long. Well, that is a real bummer, as the kids say. In your time inventorying the house, did you ever come across anything particularly interesting? If you mean did I ever see any ghosts or spooks or anything like that, no. If you mean did I see a bunch of random knickknacks that some old nut job collected, yes. I was actually thinking about a... My grandmother collects sugar bowls, so a real vintage antique like that could be something special for her but but sure let's go back to the random knickknacks like uh, anything that say as uh, was was past the veil what's the phrase i'm looking for past the shade you know real weird beyond the pale beyond the pale thank you said the disembodied voice you mean like occult things or something like that i mean i didn't use that word but sure well, you're glad you didn't, because there's nothing like that. As far as I can tell, Cobsham was not interested in anything ghostly or otherworldly. It was just some sad old architect mm, sure. living out his final years with some woman 40 years younger than him. And no will. And no will. That's great to know. 
I am going to hang out here a bit and think of more questions to ask you. Do you mind making <laughs> us some coffee? Or I can do it. I don't want to do that as, you know, not because you're, you know, if you point me in the right direction, I can make us both coffee. No, I think we're done talking. I'm done talking to you. I'm done talking to Mr. Montgomery. I'm done talking to your entire team. So how about you just get back in your van and you leave? I don't know if the van is still there. Can you call me a 2006 (laughs) Uber? I guess which should just be a, a taxi. Yeah. Proto Uber. Uh, she is going to refuse to let you use the phone. Okay. I'll, I'll see myself out. Uh, he sees himself out. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, last but not least, uh, Peanutman is heading to the town hall. And, uh, yep. Mr. Peanutman goes to Washington. So, pull on in. Uh, get on out of the van hat the hood mm. riding beautiful walk on into city hall alright you walk on into city hall you see uh, there is it doesn't look super city hall it's more like kind of like an office building almost and as you go in it looks kind of like an office building inside too you see uh, it's a fairly small building there's a set of stairs you see off to the side and it was two stories you don't see like an elevator or anything like that uh you see a reception desk also there is a young man sitting behind that and there are two hallways kind of going behind him to either side of his desk and you see people just kind of going in and out of there do i see any signage that would indicate which way the mayor's office is uh you know what you do you see there is a sign up against the wall that the stairs are on, and it lists her office as being on the first floor at the end of what you think is the hallway to his left. So I walk in confident and just nod and continue down the left hallway. Uh, and you hear from behind you, uh, Miss, was, was that Montgomery? Uh, and then a voice yells down the hall, uh, excuse me, Mr. Montgomery. Oh, sir, I'll get to you shortly. I'm sorry. We are moving on a quick production budget, and we have had an emergency with the footage that we have with the mayor. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Uh, I'll get back to my desk and let her know you're coming. And you hear the person that was starting to follow you down the hallway retreat back the other way. Please do. I'm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you pass a couple more doors. You see, like, a comptroller. You see some administrative offices. And at the end, you see a door with a plaque next to it that just says Carver on it. I knock on the door. All right, you knock. You hear a voice say, yes, who is it? Uh, it is Cyrus Montgomery II. And uh, make me a, do we want to do, yeah, make me a listen roll. All right, I got, I got that. Um... So I have listen is a 40 for me. Okay. Uh, I'm going to spend nine luck to get a 39 under 40. Okay. Uh, With a regular success, you hear her under her breath say, Oh, Jesus, not him again. And then louder. Yes, please come in. Now, hello, Kava. Um, 
I'm sorry for intruding in the halls of justice. Um, I, I can hear the grinding wheels of democracy and, and, and I do not wish to impede their path. Now, I, I bring to you uh, comparatively minimally sad tidings, but still devastating for me and my compatriots. Much of our interview has been, um, well, can I say obscured from record. And listen, I can't remember, honestly, if I had, had really framed this with you, if I had maybe felt comfortable to say it, but then he sits down. Uh, and you sit down across from a older woman. She's got uh, very dark black hair, but it's starting to gray, and it's turning that, like, really steel gray. Uh, and dressed, uh, got a bit of a neckerchief on like scarf um very nice uh kind of a business power suity on over it and she is just staring daggers at you <laughs> and she answers no. back with you lost the interview the uh one that i had to take a good bit of time out of my very busy day running this town to do for you and now listen, I just want you to think about five words. Clarence Raymond Joseph Nagin Jr. You may remember he was <laughs> at the helm of New Orleans during Katrina. And maybe you might remember another illustrious world male, one Rudolph Giuliani, a, a name that is so illustrious that could never be sullied by leaky hair or, or, or you know, uh, weird solicitous actions. Now, I think your name belongs in that list because you, you are at the helm of a, a jewel of this state that has been under a shroud of darkness and, and, and you've, you've truly seen it through. Uh, uh, such a muddled situation, much like this metaphor I'm laying in front of you today. Now, now, you can understand you're busy, I'm busy, but this is this is an opportunity for you to not only speak as the mayor, but as the city itself. Now, I know that it might seem like a silly tourist situation to you, I'll tell you, the amount of tourist dollars that are going to go <laughs> through this city once this is done. Ooh, you could build two, three more mortuaries if you want to. Or whatever it is you use your municipal funds for in this city. It's got a lot of hair places, so you could, you could probably get one or two more. I, I noticed none of them had funny puns, so... Regardless of what you do with the money that comes in, I'm just saying this is a unique opportunity for you. We can distill it. Rarely do we get a take two, do we not, right? So let me just, you're being recorded and let's go. Hobsham Horror House. How does it feel to have this in your town? Speak to me as the voice of this city. Well, as the voice of this city, it has been a nightmare, mainly because of people like you and Mr. Nickel. Now, that's fair, because it is a ghoulish history that we are digging into. And a nightmare is what we are discussing. But listen, I, people are missing. People are missing in this city. 
this specific very small city has a relatively high disproportionate level almost an inverse correlation of people that have gone <laughs> without notice without without any okay without notice that's what i'm going for so i readjust the corn cob in his head um <clears throat> now i wouldn't want that to be you know spread around because people are like there's bad municipal policy there people are falling through open manholes and um getting uh, abducted so clearly that's not the, the the reputation you want for this city and i should be rolling a fast talk probably pretty soon because i am just yeah <laughs> yeah you probably should be rolling a fast talk and i will say i would let you do either that or persuade in this one because unlike the other two like you did kind of lie by saying but even that you don't have the interview so <laughs> all right so that is a 51 under 80. All right. She just kind of looks at you and she shakes her head and she said, I have been the mayor of this town for three terms. Uh, I'm actually not even going to run again after this last one. I know we have issues. Uh, you talk about deaths. There has not, I mean, of course there's deaths. Every town has deaths. There has not been a death associated with that house though since what happened with poor Jack Terrence I knew Jack Terrence he I will admit that there's maybe some bad juju or something about that place to make a man like that do what he did but everything that people have put on that house since then is conjecture yes people have gone missing but people go missing in every small town Teens run away, people move out to go to the city and become famous, someone falls in a ditch somewhere and doesn't get found. It's awful, but it's life, and none of it has anything to do with that house. And like I told Mr. Nickel when he wanted to make his movie, and like I told you in our original interview, I don't mind Hemingford getting on the map, but I'm uncomfortable with it happening in this way. But what about Jack Terrence's legacy, your friend? What do you think drove a man to do that? Bad juju in the house, but did you notice a change? Did he mention anything? Now, I understand your ditches are dangerous. I pulled myself out of one recently. <laughs> I'll admit it, but I didn't see anybody else in there. So let's forget about putting you know, this town on the map as a, as a spook central. Let's just talk about Jack Terrence, your friend, Jack Terrence. My friend, Jack Terrence, murdered his wife. He murdered his son. From what I've heard of it afterwards, he did horrible things to them after that. And he went to the chair for it. And he stopped being my friend after that. No one who could do what he did is anyone's friend. And obviously he was hiding some deeply disturbing parts of himself that eventually came to the surface. Whether that house had anything to do with it, I don't know. I'll admit it is a strange place and I'll admit that there are rumors about it, but they are rumors. Every town has its haunted house. This one just happens to have real ghosts in it 
of a good man that went bad in his family that are gone now. You ever go inside the house? Never. I've never been in Not it. once. Not never. even as a teen. Mr. Yeah. Montgomery, when I was a teen, Ben Cobson was still living in that house and no one went anywhere near it. Do you know why they called him? Uh, you know, I heard Ben Cobsham had some some interesting names, strange nomenclature. Now, I heard they called him a madman. No. You know why? Well, uh, from what I understand, he was an architect. Uh, and going by that monstrosity he built, he was not a very good one, but he still got paid for it anyway. I think a lot of people really didn't like that. They felt that he was uh, punching above his weight class in the uh, architectural world. They thought he was, that he shouldn't have been as uh, rich or as famous as he was with the kind of things he made. Now, you believe your friend Jack Terrence had a dog streaking him and it, there was nothing, you, you, you can't remark on a change in his personality, uh, fixation and obsession that perhaps preceded this unspeakable act no it it was a long time ago i i had actually just started working for the city government when i met jack he was a uh, volunteer firefighter he was a good man about a decade older than me he was uh he'd been in uh he'd been in korea he uh I don't know what happened there. Maybe that did something to him. And like I said, he just hit it. Uh, his wife was a lovely woman. His son was lovely. Uh, but like I said, what he did is monstrous. And that makes that man a monster. I didn't see any change in him. And I think part of me feels guilty over that that I didn't realize he had that in him. Listen, what you do to, to lead this town is, is clearly enough, and you are a shepherd of many, many people, so it's, it's understandable. I mean, but I have a friend, I've, you know, every time I have him over, I gotta check to see where my silverware is doing. Um, he, he's a good boy, and he's a, he's a good man, and now I understand that you might feel the weight of responsibility of um, Jack Terrence, but we're here to absolve you and the people of this town. We truly believe that there is a madness in that place, and that is beyond your culpability. Now, is there any documents? I, I'm, I'm, I'm fine to make this not so personal. Are there any? Maybe documents or records or anything else that may not be at the library that might be here of a municipal nature relating to the option house. Uh, the only thing we might have is copies of whatever that legal mess is going on that the real estate people are dealing with. Uh, I'm sure you know from your other interviews when Gobsham passed, he didn't leave behind a will in his wife and I guess the state have been fighting over his estate ever since. I've never seen anything like it for how long it's been going. A contact for the cops and widow. Perhaps a phone uh, number. I 
I may have something. It, as far as I know, she moved back to England after he died, but uh, I can, I can see if, uh, give me one moment, and she goes to her desk, and she has an intercom, and she hits it, and you hear a voice that sounds like the same young man from the lobby. Yes, ma'am. Uh, Ricky, can you see about finding any sort of contact information for uh, Bethany Cobsham? And there's like a little bit of a silence and he says back up, yeah, Yes, of course, ma'am. She looks like you and she says, I, I know we should have something. I can't guarantee if it's, uh, obviously I can't guarantee if it is still correct. Uh, possibly the, uh, real estate office might have something more contemporary for her, but we should have something in our records, at least. Thank you, and I will I will get out of your hair after this, and then I want you to know that I think you could be America's next mayor. I, I really appreciate that, and I will appreciate it for all four seasons. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I just... I think maybe if if I get the number, um, yeah, and I imagine you give her your phone number to contact you at. Yeah, and uh, so I'll give her my phone number, and I will go back out and start picking up my people. Yeah, everybody's on the <laughs> lamb except <laughs> for me. <laughs> Yeah, you were the only... The, I, mean, I guess, uh, technically, Marlon didn't have oh, the cops guys. called on him. He just got kicked out. Uh, but, yeah, I think uh, with that, we are going to end it there. Uh, Cyrus going to pick up the rest of his companions while Colm hides in a ditch somewhere. Uh, I'm going to go to bed. Night, Jero. Good night, Jero. Good night, Jero. Good night, municipal politics. everyone and welcome back to Jimmy Fame Presents. <laughs> I had it. I forgot <laughs> it. Uh, Alright. Uh, it, there's always a warm-up one. Yeah. It's like a pancake. Yeah. The first one you just know it's not sure. going to be good. You got this. It's McFib. Uh, presents. I am completely blanking. Does somebody else have the name? Jimmy Fame Presents will... Bonus Against the Machine. More pod for bonus your Bonus Against the Machine. For your bod. Okay. <clears throat> Boop. Hi, Kings. Kingsley. Ooh, the fireworks are starting. I hope my mic doesn't pick those up. I can't hear them. Oh, that's good then. Yeah.
or the resounding cat butt on the call. <laughs> Just, I can only like hear the butt of a cat. <laughs> As is tradition at Pot Against the Machine. I'm just imagining now that meme where it says like I can hear this picture but it's just like a zoom in of a cat butt <laughs> boop yeah, perhaps <laughs> boop see y'all around the way and by y'all I guess I just mean that car passing by that I will wait for it to go alright <laughs> boop I'm just like really glad we're actually getting deeply into like the granular municipal politics of the see the call of cthulhu sub rule sets of like you know uh affecting local ordinances and motions i really think the next 16 episodes are 